0: In this episode of Meltdown to Mastery, we have a conversation with Zara Mahoon, who found the law of attraction after a midlife crisis. She describes life as messy, and she says it goes to even messier because she used the tools wrong. It is now her mission to help others understand and apply the law of attraction. It really is manifestation at its best. And it really is a law. She describes how the universe works in our favor if we use it properly. We will learn the essence of the principles, what mistakes could be made, what is heart and mind alignment, and why is it so powerful? What is the law of attraction method for reprogramming the subconscious mind? And how and when should we decide to take action? Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, empowering women to overcome midlife crisis by rewiring the subconscious mind. Feeling overwhelmed, disillusioned, stuck? We all have. Here we explore inspiration and empowerment to navigate through the tough times and move to a place where hearts soar, minds manifest, and bodies heal. Welcome everyone. Today we have Zara Mahoon author of 15 books and creator of the Unlimited 40-Day Law of Attraction Workbook. Zara is going to share her personal story to help us understand the power of reclaiming our self-worth and how to use the power of the law of attraction. It can be easy and a lifestyle choice and be a really incredible tool of mastery when used well. Welcome, Zara.
1: I am excited
0: to be here. You say, but that life went from messy to even messier. Tell us about that.
1: Oh, well, so I guess you can call divorce messy. Yes. <laughs> but it got messier from there. If you were to see me today, you would see this person who is feels successful, carries herself with that success and is confident. But What you don't know is the journey that I had to take in order to get to that place because I did not have confidence and I did not have self-worth. And I was always second-guessing myself and never being sure of the decisions that I was making. And the series of events that I think went all the way downhill was I caught my husband cheating. I went into his study one day and I just couldn't believe what I saw. And I tried so hard to say to myself, it's just a phase. He is going through a midlife crisis. Right. <laughs> and it's a phase and he will get over it. And I should just be supportive and I should just behave as if nothing's happening and then it'll go away mm. but what i found was that i could not let it go i was like a dog on a bone and i just wanted to have it out with him like i i just wanted to confront him with it it was a huge i felt let down like i felt my trust was gone out of the window and now i was second guessing everything he did looking beyond his words and his actions to what his actual intention or what did he really mean by what he said? What was he really doing when he said he was doing this? And so it became a situation that I just, I felt like I was on guard all the time. And it was not a good way to live life. I had just lost my mother and my son was Just under a year old, and I was under tremendous pressure. My mother was very very dear to me, and we were very, very close. So, her making her transition in itself was a huge thing for me. But then, I was also in a new country, we had just come to Canada not very long ago, and I was adjusting to this new life and the new realities of being in a new immigrant, fresh off the boat, not having the finances in place and so much was going on. And then on top of it, when I found out about his cheating, I just couldn't handle it. I did end up confronting him with it. And the end result was I'm the one who wanted a divorce. I was like, I cannot forgive this. I cannot, even if I forgive it, I can't get over it. I can't bring trust back. Mm -hmm. That was my whole thing. I can forgive you. You made a mistake. That's okay. But I'm not going to be able to trust you. So we went through the divorce process and I let him have whatever he wanted because I wanted it to be quick. I didn't want it to be dragged out. It felt uncomfortable. It felt bad. And based on my understanding of the law of attraction as well, I, I knew that if it goes, if it lingers, then... I'm taking myself down emotionally, I'm becoming emotionally imbalanced, and it's not going to serve me. And so he left, he actually left Canada, and um, because he left Canada, I had no access to support, either spousal support or child support, and I had two little children, and that's how it started getting messier. So it was messy to start with, but then I was alone in a new country, and I had a very big decision to make. And that decision was, do I want to stay
0: or should I go back? To stay in Canada. Yeah, yeah.
1: it was a very big decision. And I thought about the life of a single mother in a country like Pakistan. And I decided, "Mm, no, not doing that. I'll do whatever I need to do, but I'll stay in Canada and make it work. So I did. I found employment and I started putting my life back together again, looking after my children and just getting just normalizing things. And I did really well. So it got better. I became more stable. And then I made a couple of mistakes in my understanding of law of attraction that were really costly. And as I make made those mistakes, what made it worse was, and this is five years fast forward, my ex came back to Canada and he said, you've had custody of our son for five years now. I'm returning to Canada and I want, now it's my turn. And he did that in January. And by the time he came, he actually returned to Canada in June, I was close to going bankrupt. And then he came and he took my son away because we I had signed joint custody. I couldn't stop him. I thought about taking him to court on the basis that he hasn't provided any support. But again, my inner voice was, this is going to be ugly. Don't do that.
0: And to steal a lot of your energy, too. In that mm.
1: I couldn't function. I couldn't work. I couldn't bring myself to to keep myself financially stable. I knew that I was going downhill financially, but I didn't have the energy or the clarity
0: to do anything about it. Right. Yes, and understandably. Sarah, how do you think the law of attraction went sideways? What happened there?
1: One of the, if you don't really understand how law of attraction works, you can get sucked into the popular themes that are going around and that's unfortunately what happened to me one of the popular themes that's going around is action is not required if you want it if the universe will deliver it to you that's not true that's not i then had to do the research because i'm analytical i'm a scientist by i'm a microbiologist by training and an analyst by profession I had to then go and tear that apart and really understand it. But that's what happened to me. I kept saying all the time that my, my ex came and he said he's going to take my son away. I said to myself, no, I've told the universe what I want. It's not going to happen. The universe is going to look after me. It's going to be totally fine. Guess what? It wasn't fine. Number two, so I was a commissioned salesperson person at that time. That was the easiest route for me to find employment in Canada. And so I stopped paying attention to my business and I told myself, no, you just need to feed your soul. Just focus on yourself. Focus mm-hmm. on your fa- your children. You've got this mental trauma going on and you're worried about your son being taken away and just just focus on that and don't worry about the business. The universe will look after your
0: business. Right? Where thoughts go. Energy flows.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that just landed me in a lot of trouble, almost lost everything that I'd worked so hard to build. And of course, my son went away. And once all of that happened, that's when I learned the power of giving up control. I started really figuring out what law of attraction was all about. So I shifted my perspective. I developed a new understanding and I said, you know what? I can't do anything about this. So I'm just going to accept that this has happened. And now all I need to do is survive. So I focused and of course, survival requires what? It requires work. It requires action. I discovered something really important. And, and that first thing is that we have this tendency of getting caught up in the noise. We all got get caught up with the news and whatever is going on, on the internet. And I learned that we have to look beyond that. Not all of it is kosher. Not all of it even if it is kosher, is applicable to your specific circumstances. And then I dug myself out of that and learned the lessons of about law of attraction that now I am passionate about teaching people.
0: So with the noise, you just found that it cuts your focus. Is that what you're but there's a lot of noise, and a lot of. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yes. So the noise pulled me in different directions. Who do you listen to? And I wasted a lot of energy and time trying out things that later on I discovered why they weren't working. But at that time, I was grasping at straws. I was like, just tell me what to do. If I need to drink a potion, potion, lotion, I don't know. Tell me mm-hmm. what I like. I'll do whatever. And that is really not law of attraction. Because law of attraction does not give control to anything outside of you. Law of attraction is all about control inside.
0: Yes, beautiful.
1: And when you listen to the noise, you tend to give that control that's supposed to be inside you. You give it away. And, and
0: often out of fear as well, right?
1: Yes, it is all about worry and fear. In fact, the reason people turn towards law of attraction, that includes me because I initially turned towards law of attraction in order to fix my marriage. But it didn't get fixed, right? So mm-hmm. I, I had so he, here I was, every for everyone else that I was listening to on the internet, law of attraction seemed to be producing miracles. And here I was trying to fix stuff in my life. And it wasn't happening. So, what I learned was that you really have to find a source that is pure. And what I mean, pure means everything fits together. They have to be answers to everything, and they need to fit in together like pieces of a puzzle. And I discovered that the, and different things resonate for other, different people. And I'm not saying that all law of attraction teachers. Are don't know what they're talking about, but I can tell you that what worked for me was listening to Abraham Hicks. When I started listening to Abraham Hicks, I was able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And then I emerged to become powerful. And even then, it was not overnight. It was not an overnight success. It was one step at a time. Let me do it this way and see what happens. And then let me do it this way. And see what happens so I became a scientist with discovering how law of attraction really worked and I told myself there's got to be a formula because it is a law Mm -hmm. it is not it's not supposed to be subjective if it is a law then it should be quantifiable measurable and there has to be a formula so I went looking for the formula And nobody out there was teaching a formula, not even Abraham Hicks. Nobody out there was teaching the science behind it. Nobody was, even Abraham Hicks calls it a law, but does not tell us what, you know, prove it to me. And so I went hunting for the law. And I said, there's got to be a formula. It has to be replicable. Anyone should be able to do it if they follow the formula. And that's what I need to find out because I do believe that it works. So the starting point of my search was I did believe that there was something to it. I didn't think it was hocus pocus. I didn't think it was woo. I told myself, this is scientific. I just need to find out how it works so that
0: I can work it. Yeah. So you can hone it. right?
1: Yes. And then I spent 10 years doing that. So. It's not magic. It doesn't happen overnight. At least it didn't happen overnight for me. I know there are people who claim that it has happened overnight for them, but it wasn't like that for me. It was a journey. I had to be consistent. I had to be patient. I had to
0: stay the course. So you c- can you share some of those principles?
1: Absolutely. The one principle that is at the basis of all other principles is all things are possible. What happens is we negate that phrase when we encounter doubt or fear or worry because all of doubt, fear, and worry are about something going wrong and not being possible. So the basis of law of attraction is that all things are possible provided you don't negate them. That's the important piece. If you are negating them, then you are not going to manifest them.
0: Number two. So wait, because this is really important. So if you say something like, I don't want this, you're Mm -hmm. still pulling it toward you, aren't you? Or having a real deep fear of health or of Mm -hmm. something going wrong and you're constantly saying, I won't get this.
1: Mm -hmm. You can't do that because law of attraction responds to focus. What are you focusing on? It does not respond to your intention. It responds to your attention or your focus. And there's a video on my YouTube channel called Law of Attraction Ignores Good Intentions. And that's where that principle is talked about in a lot of depth, is that law of attraction does not pay attention to what you desire Law of attraction gives you what you give your attention to. So if I keep saying, I don't want that to happen, I'm giving attention to it happening. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, understanding that is truly important. And that's where awareness has to be built, because most of us don't realize that we are going negative because that's what it is. That's going negative. And we don't realize that we are going negative because we all want good things to happen
0: something really simple that I've found in a number of people is a fear of a robber breaking in, for instance. And then if you go around and lock every window and door before bed, you're putting out that fear of someone breaking in. And instead I've even taught my girls that you just don't even think that as a possibility, And yeah, you can take precautions at times, depending where you live, but I've never actually locked many doors in my life, (laughs) maybe at a hotel, but my intent is that I am perfectly fine.
1: Mm -hmm. So you bring me to another point, and that is you cannot go against a belief. If you believe that things are one way, you cannot take an action that opposes your belief system. So in the example that you were using, if somebody was actually fearful that someone would rob them or take advantage of them, because it's the same vibration being taken advantage of and having something stolen, it's the same vibration of fear. If if you fear it, then you cannot leave all your windows and doors open and trust strangers because you will be activating the fear by doing so. You have to change the belief, meaning you have to alley that fear before you take action that corresponds to your new belief system.
0: Oh, it's that's brilliant. So you're even getting to the subconscious, which we'll talk about.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. go on with your next principle. <laughs> this is
1: great. I forgot what it was... Because I actually I have sixteen principles. I actually have a tiny online course called the 16 fundamental principles of manifesting. So there are 16. I'll just give you um, some of them. Okay. Yes, I'll just give you the top three that I can recall just now. How about
0: that? I'll revamp. So you looked at all things are possible. Yes. Not looking with doubt or fear or worry. Yes. And that the law of attraction responds to attention.
1: Exactly. So that's number yeah. two. And if you do have a fear, then don't take any action that opposes that fear. And that's what,
0: yeah, that's what we just talked about, right? Exactly. The example. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And the one principle that really that I carry in my heart all the time is that I never need to tell the universe what I want because the universe is not a selective listener, or universe or God, whatever you want to call that entity. I personally have no battles with God. So that entity is not a selective listener, is listening to every single thought you think. And so you never really have to verbalize. If you do verbalize, you're not verbalizing something because you want the universe to know it. You're verbalizing it In order to clear clarity, create clarity for yourself. So, the next principle is the universe listens to every single thought. So, if you're going to spend five minutes, 10 minutes in appreciation, or half an hour uh, writing a journal or doing meditation and visualization, it doesn't matter because when you come out of doing those exercises, the universe is still tapped in. To how you're thinking your thoughts.
0: wait Do you have a trick? Because we all can go into thinking negative thoughts at times. I go to neutral. I go to don't, just don't think that. And it's a very neutral place in my body that I go to. Do you have a trick?
1: I have many. Yeah. I, I have many because based on the day and based on how I'm feeling emotionally, some things work sometimes, and some other things work on other occasions or times. But my go-to thing most often for me personally, and I teach a number of strategies, and it, it really depends on a person's journey and how they are already programmed, which tool will work best for them. The tool that works best for me, and I think it works best for me because I understand the logic of it, I understand the science behind it, I understand the physics, the quantum physics behind it, is to get off the subject and focus on something else. You don't have to think about your problems to solve. And I think that it's a really big issue because most people think that the way to solve problems is by thinking about them. So it feels like counterintuitive like how can that even work Mm -hmm. but it works
0: yeah redirect Mm
1: -hmm. yeah don't go there don't go and i think that in your way you were saying the same thing you just you said the same thing
0: i'll go to neutral and then Mm -hmm. think of where to go next yes purposely yeah exactly
1: and the problem is that most people don't know when they go off on autopilot and they zone out Mm. They're not aware of zoning out or not being present. And it's when you zone out and you don't know that you're not present, that's when you go off on autopilot, which is when you do all your negative thinking. You do all your worrying when you're in that state.
0: And that can be very subconscious too. Something that's programmed and just is running in the background. Yes.
1: Here's the thing. It's stored in the background, but it doesn't run in the background. Every your subconscious mind is like the hard disk on a computer. Your conscious mind is what's open on your computer, mm-hmm. and when you op- you have to open the file in order to read it or work in it. In the same way, we store our beliefs on our subconscious hard disk. But our conscious mind then accesses that in order to think about it. So it's, it's not running in the back. It's stored in the background, but it's always running in the conscious mind. You may not be aware of it. Awareness is a whole different thing. But the split between what is subconscious and conscious, your conscious mind is your logic and your logic decides whether or not to save something in your subconscious on your hard drive. You cannot, nothing gets through to your subconscious mind without first going through your conscious mind. So a lot of times we allow things to go get into our subconscious because we don't question them. So if mother says, this is how it is, then you don't question it and it gets stored.
0: Which often happens early in life. Yes, that's right.
1: You don't question
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And then what my belief, what I've come to understand, is that subconscious mind is much faster than the conscious mind. So it can come out fairly quickly, but the conscious mind can say, "You know, that's not true anymore." So
1: this is how the reprogramming of the subconscious mind really takes place, is that the conscious mind is in a position to decide whether or not something that's stored in the subconscious is still relevant. And when we decide that it's no longer relevant, We discard it and it does not have any impact on us anymore. So this is basically how we rewire things is by re-evaluating and then looking for appropriate evidence that is convincing enough that now we can either accept or discard a premise.
0: Yes. Do you have an example of that? Because that is so powerful.
1: A common one is that it's rush hour and so it's going to take longer to go wherever you're going on the freeway and that is actually a belief that we have all en masse accepted but if you talk to my son and you were to say to him it's rush hour and it's going to take you twice as long to get to somewhere he says nah it doesn't affect me i make my way through traffic so he hasn't bought into it I'll tell you another one that I'm reminded of just now. And that is a story that Dr. Wayne Dyer, bless his soul, used to tell. And that was about in his travels and his explorations, he used to tell the story of a village in Africa where the belief was that the older you are, the faster you run, which is is counter to what we believe. In the Western world is that with age, y- y- your capacity goes down. But in that community, in the jungles, the belief was the older you are, the faster you run. So so it's your belief system that cre- that is why we say your belief system creates your reality. But it's also that you've, you've got a belief and you've proven it. So you can prove it or you can disprove it. You can talk yourself into anything that you want to do and you can talk yourself out of anything that you want to do because there's relevant information and proof available both ways. Another example of it is in the medical community. They keep coming out with the same thing is good today and bad tomorrow. Right. And so that's because you can always find information to prove or disprove. point of view and that's what the logical mind does is that it decides it based on the information available to it whether something is still true if it is still true then it continues to reside in our subconscious if we prove it to be not true now we can discard it and it's no longer available it's no longer the way we see the world
0: that's very powerful
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And when you start using it, you can literally change your life consciously.
0: Yes. So you can, there's times when you can almost live in a slightly different viewpoint from the masses, right?
1: Yes, this is why there are people who thrive in the worst of times and people who go bankrupt in the best of times.
0: Yes. Oh, so powerful. So good. (laughs) So we were on number four, the universe is not a selective listener. Mm, yes. Yeah. And then we went into the subconscious mind and the programming that is running that we can rewire, right? Absolutely.
1: I can talk about this. I geek out on this stuff. And I have put in, I have immersed myself and I have researched it that I can probably keep talking to you without taking bathroom breaks, breaks for a good three or four days and I still wouldn't <laughs> be done. Like I'm happy to respond to whatever and questions you have or whatever's coming up, but I cannot share 72 hours of information in 30 minutes. No,
0: of course not. <laughs> Let's go back into another principle. So if we finished with the universe is not a selective listener, what would another very important one be?
1: For me personally. I call them core beliefs. So I have a couple of core beliefs and these core beliefs are my go-to beliefs about the way I want to look at the world and the way I'm training myself to look at the world. And one of the ones I'll share two with you, one is the future can always be better than the past. And that goes against the, what I learned at school. And I don't know, but. And I'm hesitating a guess that a lot of people learned it at school is that history repeats itself. Hey. And so history only repeats itself if you give it attention. But really, the way law of attraction works is that the future can always be better than the past. Because you can create differently in the future as an individual, as a community. You can create something Beautiful in the future. So, always remembering that just because things happen one way the one time doesn't mean that they will happen that way all the time. That's so, that's amazing. one. And the other one that's coming up just now is some of my favorite words. And those are I care, but not that much. And that is also the title of one of my books. I care, but not that much. Really, what that means is I am not going to take. Anyone that seriously. Nothing is that serious that I lose my alignment over it. So I care about what's going on, but not to the extent that I will relinquish my emotional alignment to think about it or feel about it.
0: And a lot of suffering comes because we're so attached to something as well.
1: It comes from The suffering that you're talking about and that a lot of people talk about comes from the fact that we have replaced the word love with the word worry. I worry about you, my mother used to say, and what she was really saying was, I care about you. I love you. So we've become a society that measures the amount of love and care by the amount of worry. That's not a good measure because when you worry about someone or something or a situation, you are actually sending them negative energy. And I don't want to send anyone I love or care about negative energy. And so for that reason, I don't want to associate worry with love. But because as a society, most people do that. They don't even realize that's what they're doing. And that's why we, there's so much that we care about. We are so interlinked with each other that we care so much. So we worry so much and then we make ourselves miserable and we become sick.
0: Yeah. And it's not very productive. (laughs) No, it is. No,
1: it isn't. No, it isn't. And so these words, I care, but not that much. serve as a reminder to me that love is love and worry is worry not to mix the two.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Love it. Yeah. So I want to I want to get into the heart-mind connection because mm-hmm. that's also something that often gets missed in the law of attraction. But before that, can you give one tip on how to rewire the unconscious? If someone's got something coming up that's just, they know it's there, maybe there's a tip you could give them on how to rewire it.
1: This is where I'm going to disappoint you, because I don't believe in anything being cookie cutter or a tip that everyone, it's very individual, It's has so much to do with your specific journey, yeah. and that's why when it can't be just do this X, Y, Z, and then your problems will be gone, or drink yeah. this potion, or... Do this affirmation and then your problems will be gone. Even with affirmations, there's a way to do affirmations because affirmations don't work for everyone. Visualization doesn't work for everyone because you're not all the same people. So if somebody is really stuck over any subject at all, they need to hang on to the... Principles that I just shared. They need to convince themselves by revisiting the principles that the principles are true. Because unless you prove the principles to yourself, your life cannot change. Because I cannot say to you, sweetheart, don't worry, all things are possible. You're going to be like, what are you smoking? Because when you are down there, when you're down in the dumps, which is, I've been there. And someone comes to you and says, what are you upset about? This is not a problem. No, it is a very real problem for me. So don't tell me all things are possible and the future can be better than the past. So there's a process of coming to terms with the fact that the way you are processing the information that you're getting from the world is wonky. I don't want to use the word wrong, but I want to use the word wrong. And that processing of information, changing that is not the easiest thing to do. You really have to believe that change is possible. You, First of all, you have to believe the fact that law of attraction is real, because if you have doubts on the fact that law of attraction works, then you can't use it. It's like me using any tool out of my father's vast collection of tools and saying, oh, the tool doesn't work because I don't know how to use it. Doesn't mean that the tool doesn't work. A lot of people are skeptical. And when I came into this, my the reason I was able to do the work that I did and figure out the science behind law of attraction was because I was willing to accept that I was wrong. And that is a very difficult pill for a lot of people to swallow. So people who are stuck and who are, they're not being able to change their lives, they have to accept the fact that they are part of the problem. And the biggest problem that I found At least it was my problem is that I thought I was right and other people were wrong. They were wrong for mistreating me. They were wrong for whatever. I had a long laundry list of things that I thought other people were wrong about. And law of attraction is not about right or wrong. Law of attraction is about energy and vibration and attention. And when you understand that, then you start understanding that it is absolutely fair. Because just like Google will not give you, if you put in the term, let's say you put in puppy, the search results will all be about puppies. They will not be about kittens. Law of attraction is very exact. Whatever you focus on and think about, The results are precise, exact, predictable. And if you are not improving your life, that means your understanding is wonky. So I
0: think that's a brilliant answer. (laughs) It's really just bringing awareness to the fact that we might have wonky thoughts and then be willing to change or grow. Exactly. So
1: that's where you have to start. You have to accept the fact that here's the thing. Intellectually speaking, Law of Attraction is easy. Whatever I think about is what happens. I attract what I think about. That is 70% of the truth. Most people get that. But there's this 30% that really makes it kick in and work. And a lot of times that 30% is what's missing in most people's understanding of how Law of Attraction works.
0: Yeah, which but it makes
1: all the difference.
0: Yeah, and you've covered it beautifully. Really good information. Now let's get into the heart and the connection there with mm-hmm. the mind and the law of attraction.
1: Mm, really big question. We could probably spend two or three days talking about it. But let me ask you before I get into it. Do you want the the spiritual response or the scientific response?
0: Oh, both. I think they're, they're interconnected.
1: Oh, uh, when you start and, yes, we are absolutely <laughs> interconnected. But the base, the starting point for the two discussions is very, very different. So l- let me try and see if I can make sense of it easily. I'll go with the spiritual aspect and then try and see if I can connect it with some scientific information. So much of the science is coming into my head just now. (laughs) Okay. Our bodies are the receptacles for what we commonly call the soul. And that soul is energy. When a soul enters a physical body, it splits into two. And those two parts are what I have labeled for ease of understanding the heart and the mind. The mind is your intellect. It is your intellectual processing of the world, the information that you collect from the world about through your physical senses and then your interpretation of events and people's behaviors and such. And your heart is the pure positive energy of love. It never wavers. It is always steady and it's always focused with love on you as well as everyone. So now, because you have these two perspectives, the perspective of the heart, which comes from love, and the perspective of the intellect, which comes from hard knock on wood evidence, there becomes a disagreement between the two ways of looking at things. Somebody is unpleasant to you. Your intellect says, that's an unpleasant person. But the heart says, oh, but I love them. They're nice. And so now you have a tug of war going on inside you where part of you... Behaves differently, and the other part of you behaves differently. Heart and mind alignment is a way for ending that battle inside you so that your heart and your mind are both at peace and comfortable inside your physical body. That is the spiritual explanation of heart and mind alignment. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a tiny smidge of the science. The science side is massive, and I do have a course called The Science of Spirituality. It's a short course. It's very, it assumes that people are coming in not knowing anything about physics. I'll just give you a little bit, scratch the surface off the top, so to speak. And that is science is going to catch up and quantum physics is already on its way to catching up, but it's not popular science just now. To the fact that energy is infinite. Until a short while ago, a couple of years ago, Before quantum physics became mainstream, the science that I went to school to learn said that the amount of matter and therefore the amount of energy in the world is limited and matter changes form but never goes away. Energy changes form but never goes away. So energy turns into matter and matter turns back into energy. Easiest example is. Coal produces heat, and then heat can be transferred to something else that is physical. So we can heat our homes. Energy gets transferred from one form into another form. Another example is water. When you boil water, it turns into water vapor. Water vapor, that's energy. You can run machinery with hydraulic energy. So what the water doesn't disappear, it just changes form and becomes energy. And when you condense that water vapor, it turns back into water. So that's the transference of one state into another state. Energy can go back into matter. Matter can become energy. Am I kind of making sense?
0: Yes, I love it.
1: Okay, so now take that one step further. Your thoughts are energy. Your thoughts are energy. So human beings, through the process of thinking thought, are energy-producing machines. And this is why we contribute to the growth of the universe. Whether you think positive thoughts or negative thoughts, you are contributing towards the growth of the universe. So this energy that you're producing, thought energy, your thoughts are about your desires, the things that you want. If you give something enough energy, it will manifest. It's just like production process. If I'm manufacturing something, I need to give it so much raw material in order for that thing to be completely formed. So positive thought gives shape to the manifestation of my desires. and negative thought stops the production process. That's why being aware of our thoughts is so important. If we keep thinking positive thoughts, we keep giving the object of our desires, positive energy, eventually it will manifest. The more, the faster and the more energy we give it, the faster it will manifest. But if we keep going zigzag, meaning in and out, then it's literally like turning a manufacturing process or an assembly line on and off, on and off, on and off. And what happens in that on and off process is that every time you turn it off, you have to start over. And this is why people get stuck and things take long. So when you have heart and mind alignment, you're only thinking positive thoughts because the heart is all about positivity, looking at everything through the eyes of love. Positive, 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 positive. So really heart and mind alignment is about roping in the intellect and helping the intellect to look at things the way the heart is looking at them. So there you go. Now you have a little bit of both explanations.
0: Yes, and I've listened and pondered how the heart connects us more to the unified field. Because the energy must be similar. So if our thoughts are more connected to the heart, then we can manifest or or even gain information that is considered genius. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if if maybe you can give us a little your thoughts on that. On genius? Yeah, the connection to the unified field where all information is.
1: Because when I started this conversation, remember I said that when we are born, this energy occupies the receptacle, which is our physical body and divides into two. So that part that is the heart is always linked to the collective consciousness, the universe. And from there, the heart therefore has access to the information that the mind does not have any evidence for this is why the mind says show me the proof and then I will believe and the heart says yes I have proof but it's invisible it's in the knowing the proof is in the knowing I love it so yeah that I think I I think that is what you were referring to how does that work and that's how that works so that's why heart and mind alignment is so important because when the mind aligns with the heart now the two become one and therefore they are more powerful in accessing the collective consciousness of the universe.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. And one last thing, when, and I'm, this isn't an easy answer either, but when would someone decide that they should take action in this direction? Start to guide ourselves towards.
1: Oh my God, Jane, I can't answer for everyone, but I can answer for myself. And I think that when life becomes so horrible that you can't stand it, then you do something about it. (laughs)
0: and then true growth can happen. So it's not always the end of the world, right? No, it's not.
1: That was my experience, but I have to say that you don't have to wait for things to get that bad.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching this stuff is because I'm saying, guys, don't wait for things to get so bad. You can start using this material and the science behind it way sooner. So that life never gets that bad for you. That is my hope. That is what I want is if I can really have an impact on humanity, I would like for no one in the world to ever have to get to a place where they are between a rock and a hard place. Like you run out of options and now the only thing you can do is maybe trust law of attraction. No, don't wait that long. Start earlier, start young, start as soon as you can. Start from wherever you are, because it doesn't take long when you start understanding and applying this stuff. It doesn't take long for things to change.
0: Beautiful. And even to teach it to our kids would be incredible, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely. I think, Jane, that kids come knowing it. And mm. we train it out of them because we tell them, listen to mommy, listen to daddy. Don't listen to your internal guidance.
0: We do. And be fearful of this and don't do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and don't imagine too much. <laughs> exactly.
1: Why is your head in the clouds? Come back down here <laughs> to reality.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I have learned so much from you. I And it is an incredible honor to spend this time with you. I have practiced what you're what you're talking about, but still picked up so much. And one of the things that I do, and my husband and I have done this since we were married and learned about the law of attraction, was we would write big goals that we really wanted to happen in our life on a beautiful card. And it would include small things, big things, but the main goals would be there. And then we would imagine it happening with all our might and include the heart connection, right? See it with your heart and then let go of the fear that it can't happen, right? Mm -hmm. If those thoughts come in, Mm -hmm. they they don't get the energy. Mm -hmm. And we've had beautiful success with it it's really incredible. And you start to do it more automatically in life and it becomes more lifestyle, which you talk about as well. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. That's lovely. Yes. you, And it comes from a place of knowing and, and believing. And if you're second guessing yourself, then it's not going to work.
0: Yep. Yeah. And what I love about it, what worked for me was you can have a lot of things rattling around but when you see when you get them on paper and really give it this focus then you can almost think of your dream card Mm -hmm. with that heart connection and you don't have to overthink it is what i'm saying Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely nice yeah absolutely and it's a fantastic exercise for people to do who are in a place of trusting the universe but if you're still on your way to trusting the universe, then that is an exercise I would stay away from.
0: Yeah. So you would go back to learning the trust first, right?
1: Yes. Because if you are rejecting the trust, then the visualization is actually going to do more harm than good.
0: Oh, yeah. And brilliant to understand that. Comes- mm-hmm. Right back to the subconscious mind and our beliefs, right? Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. Is there a final word of wisdom you could leave us with? I know that's a tall order.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is so much wisdom in the world and so much to learn. And I think that always invest in yourself, keep growing, is what I would say, because if you are doing well, you can do better. And if you're not doing well, you can change things around and make them beautiful. So either way, invest in yourself because when you invest in yourself, everything else becomes easy.
0: Thank you so much. Love it.
1: You're welcome. I'm so
0: happy that we had this conversation. If you've enjoyed the information in this episode, share it with someone you care about and know will benefit. There is one thing for certain, meltdowns are inevitable. Let's move into mastery together. In the show notes, you'll find my link tray, which has links to many of the most popular platforms. You'll also find links to connect to the featured guest webpage and social media. Thanks again for being committed to mastery. Change in this world really starts within each of us.